Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at home. In fact, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and download today's message notes. You can also download the Kids Activity Sheet. On our website, you can keep up with the most updated service times and events taking place. Let me mention last week, too, if you watch, we're watching last week or, or are catching up, um, we were doing an edit before this broadcast would go out. We had a power outage in Arcadia that lasted two hours. So when I finally got back to the computer, which we thought was going to broadcast our message out at 10, it actually broadcasted it out Monday at 10. So I didn't think anything of it until I got a text after service that said, I can't wait to watch service tomorrow. And I thought that didn't, didn't make any sense until I checked it and I thought, oh, it skipped an entire day. So hopefully you're early today on uh, on Sunday and there's no, no power outages to skip the computer around. Um, well, today's message title, uh, our whole message throughout the month of December is the word believe, but great joy. It's what the angels declared to the shepherds about the birth of Jesus, that it was great joy. And I want to start with this one verse. We've been reading this verse every single week. And this is the ministry of Jesus, Jesus speaking, starting his ministry. And in Mark 1.15, it says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Well, let's pray and we'll get started today. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather, whether we gather through the internet, whether we're gathering through a podcast, whether we gather in person, we know that where two or three are together in your name, you are there. And Father, we thank you today that you hear our prayers. And as we've been saying even last week, teach us how to pray and increase our faith. And we believe the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I, I was reminded this week in going through and looking at what we call in the Bible, the Christmas story, that when I picked up my Bible, those 66 books were written by over 40 different authors um, in three different languages. In fact, it describes three different continents over a period of 1,500 years, and really with a central theme of God the Father that was going to redeem mankind through his Son, Jesus, who would come, who would take away the sin of the world, but he would come again. And that's what we wait. So think about that. 66 books, 40 different authors, three different languages. Think of the uh, three different continents all with a central theme. And if you can remember this about, about Jesus, Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years of age. And so his ministry lasted about three and a half years. He held no public title. He had no ministry offices. He traveled really in a circular area of about 300 miles. He chose 12 disciples Yet, um, after his death and resurrection, there were 11. All of them had scattered. 
in the upper room, finally, there was only 120, but Jesus is, his message is not only taken across the world, but he is the most talked about person still on planet Earth today. In fact, the Bible is still the most purchased and distributed book around the world, even in places that we don't ever know. And so well over 2,000 years ago, we can see the impact of the gospel. Now, I do mention this from time to time, if you've been following for a time, and I always remember this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is when God is pronouncing the curse on the serpent, or Satan himself, and God says this to the serpent, I will make you and the woman enemies to each other. Your descendants and her descendants will be enemies. One of her descendants will crush your head and you will bite his feet. Notice what he says. I'm going to make you and the woman enemies. Your descendants and her descendants will be enemies. Let's us know. Hey, there is a spiritual battle between God and between Satan and his demons. That has been constant, but there would be one coming that would crush your head. Now, you're going to bite his heel. He's going to crush your head. I always look at that as the original preaching of the gospel. One will be coming. So I thought about that in my message, and you can look at several of these in the notes you can download. Satan didn't know who this seed would be or the timing of this seed. He could have very thought that it was a Cain and Abel. We know that Cain rose up and struck Abel and killed Abel. Could have been uh, Eve's other son, Seth. All throughout history, could it have been, who was it? Could it have been Noah? When would he appear? When would he show up? And all throughout, there's always been a battle between God and Satan. There's always been a battle. And yet, at this perfect time and this perfect place throughout all of history, throughout all of the descendants, throughout everything listed in the Bible, it had to happen a certain way through a certain tribe, through a certain person, so that Jesus would be born. So if we were to really, if we were to track this line, it's pretty amazing to see. In fact, it was even prophesied by, by the prophets in the Old Testament. Isaiah says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. A virgin will conceive, that's a sign, and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. Now, the prophet Micah says this, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Notice the verse that lets us know, out of you, Bethlehem, though you are the littlest among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler of Israel's 
whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. So this wasn't going to be just some individual. This was going to be something specific. A virgin will conceive, and you'll call his name Emmanuel, God with us. He'll be born in Bethlehem, the least of these, but one will come out a ruler whose goings forth are from old and from everlasting. And in fact, Jeremiah uh, prophesies and writes this, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Now, all of this was foretelling in the Old Testament that one would be coming. In fact, the, the Jewish people knew that God had promised a Messiah. They knew but what we find even in the book of Matthew in the beginnings, it's almost probably as if they had lost hope. You know, today um, in the nation of Israel, you don't hear anything about a hope of a Messiah. In fact, I think they wonder if those things have long since passed, and yet we know he already came. Now, we're not going to take time to look at it, but I so encourage you to read the part of the Bible that so many people skip, because we don't have time to go all the way back into Genesis in, in our uh, message today and track the line and the patience that God took through the entire human race, through the line of David, through the tribe of Judah to bring forth Jesus as we read about in the account of Matthew and in Luke's gospel. In fact, we read about this in Matthew 1.1, that the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Remember, you can read about Abraham in Genesis 12, where God was going to create out of him a people, a descendants. As numerous as the sand by the sea and the stars in the heaven, and everything would come forth out of Abraham. And it started with Abraham, Abram and Sarai before their names were changed, and they had no children. That was the promise of the child, which was Isaac. And you can begin to track through all of those through David, because the line of the Messiah was going to come through the household of David, King David. But when we read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, it lets us know that Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Now remember this about Joseph. He had no physical um, dealings with Mary. He had not touched Mary. Mary was a virgin. But it's interesting that the Bible lets us know that it was from his line Though he had no physical, we, we would call him, he was the stepfather of, of Jesus. There was no physical part of him involved in the conception of Mary, of Mary. But through his line was David, right? Through David. But when we read in Luke chapter 3, we read, we read this verse in Luke 3. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as it was supposed, the son of Joseph, son of Heliel. Now, the son of Heliel is Mary, 
But in genealogy and Bible times, the women were not mentioned. However, we read about some of the genealogy in um, Matthew's account that gives us 14 generations. In fact, four are women. Actually, when we read about it, we read about um, a prostitute. We read about an adulteress in that line. And but it lets us know this, that Israel was constantly sinning against the Lord and breaking God's covenant. And one of the things that we know about God is that God keeps his promises and God keeps his covenant. 14 generations to go through. And remember in Genesis chapter 5, it all was wiped out and started over with Noah. So in Genesis now 6 and forward, we start off with Noah and his family, eight of them, to continue this line. So we have Joseph's line coming through the line of David, Mary's line coming through the tribe of Judah to prophetically show that what God had promised was about to take place. Now, I hope I didn't lose anybody on this, but go back and read Matthew and read Luke's account. In fact, you can read Luke chapter 2 because Luke chapter 2 is when the angels all of a sudden appear in the heavens to the shepherds to announce to them the birth of Jesus, and they call it great joy. In fact, Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 says, Then the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. So if we tracked and we started from Genesis chapter 3, we went all the way through Abraham. We went all the way through the different 12 tribes. We went all the way through David, King David's line, the tribe of Judah, the prophetic words all coming in that we read about in Matthew and, and Luke. And now the angels announce that the Savior of the world was born. And like when we read the scriptures there, those shepherds, they run, right? They want to go find, and they finally find where he was born in a manger. Now, I love the part when we read about that um, neither Joseph or Mary were prepared for this. In fact, I love, the, I love what the angel says to Mary about Jesus, and he says to her, he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. All throughout history, God has kept his promise from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that there would be one coming. And he worked through all of that line. Read it in Matthew 1 and read it in Luke. He worked through all of those generations, all of those people, all of their shortcomings, all of their sin, all of their disobedience, all of their rejecting his covenants, all of their going their own way, he worked it all the way through the, the, the lifeline of David, the kingdom of David, to get to Joseph, who Joseph, being aroused in a dream about taking Mary, he was thinking about putting her away secretly. 
because of what was being what what she had told him that she was pregnant. They were not married. He did not touch her. Mary, who as an angel appeared to her that she's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and give birth to the one, the Savior of the world, that God worked all of these things through every line, every bloodline, every person, every tribe, every kingdom to have Jesus born to fulfill every promise. You can't go back and find something that he missed because if he missed something, he Jesus couldn't have been the sinless one that would take away the sin of the world. Nothing was missed. And he took all of that time. And it made me think of this one thought. If we can trust God to keep his promise about a Messiah, where he was born, how he was born, through the lines that he was born, if we can trust him, you and I can believe in his promises over our life today. If he'll work through 14 generations of people to to make sure that his son was born to make sure that his son would now have to walk a life and Jesus was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin he overcame the temptation in the wilderness he emptied himself of all reputation he took sin upon his life for us if God can make sure that all of that worked and was fulfilled according to what he said and what he said to the prophets, how much more can you believe his promises today? It wasn't just one day he announced that there would be one born. He's been saying it since Genesis chapter 3. In fact, we know that in Revelation 13, it says the Lamb, the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the world. It was already a plan underway. Corinthians lets us know that if the rulers of this age would have known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. In fact, the rulers were not the Jewish leaders of that day. The rulers were Satan and his demons, the wickedness. Had they know that if Jesus had died and rose again, what would take place? They would have left him alone. They would have told everybody, stay 300 miles away from Jesus. Let him do whatever he wants. Let him set up ministry offices. Let him travel and heal and feed and walk on water. Let him do, let him go and die in an old age. But that wasn't the plan. The plan was that all throughout the Old Testament, God initiated a sacrifice of a lamb without blemish to cover the sins. And now Jesus would become that lamb, that sinless, blameless, lamb that would sacrifice himself on a cross to fulfill God's promises. There's nothing that God has promised you that he will not fulfill. Simply believe in the gospel. In fact, if you're listening today, and I, I hope that as you hear these things that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to your heart that it doesn't bring anything confusion. In fact, I always say dig back into these scriptures and read these scriptures because it will it will become life to you. Now I want you to pray. If you've never prayed the prayer before to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, I pray that you pray this with me. In fact, if you've been running from God, you need to know that he's kept his promise. And even those that have been praying over your life that he will keep his promises 
But today's a day to surrender and come to him. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today, I'm in your family. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you prayed that for the first time today, or if you've rededicated your life, boy, we would love for you to reach out to us on either one of the social media platforms that you are watching or listening. The most important decision that you'll ever make in your life is following Jesus, and God was talking about that in the beginning, in Genesis. And now today it's fulfilled in your life. Reach out to us or go to our website to fill out a contact or best yet, tell somebody what you did today. As we receive our tithes and offerings, I want to read this one verse, Psalm 77, verse 11 says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. Pray this with me today in our time of offering. Father, as I give in today's offering, Lord, I remember today that you are the reason that I am blessed. You are always faithful to your promises. And today I take time to remember each blessing that comes from you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. In fact, if you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. It's safe, fast, and secure. You can also give by mail. You can write to us at the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. We thank you for your support. Uh, and blessing over the ministry at the Hills Church. Hey, let me announce next Sunday, if you're in the Arcadia area, um, we always celebrate ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. No, not that ugly sweater that you had on last week, an ugly Christmas sweater. So get your ugly Christmas sweater. Come on out. We had some great prizes for those with your creativity. Uh, look forward to that. Hey, go back to those scriptures. See where God has always been at work in your life and believe the gospel. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? You know, it lets me know I am never alone. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Lord bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.